Welcome to Let's Talk with Teresa Ann. You are joining me yet again on Heavenly Whip Monday. And perhaps this isn't a yet again. Maybe this is the first time you've joined me, Teresa Ann, on my show. And I want to say welcome. I pray that when you listen to today's podcast, that more than anything that you hear, that you would be so encouraged to go to the Father, to run to Him, to fall for Him, to fall in love with Him. And the best way to do that is through the Word of God. On today's episode, I get to confront a lie that sounds like the gospel truth. I am telling you, we have got to know the Word of God, not just on text, on paper, but we got to know the Word of God who is Jesus. So with that said, How many of you have said or heard, I am just a sinner saved by grace? I am so grateful for God's grace. I make mistakes all the time. Well, you know what? I'm human. How many of us have said those things, right? And it's like a coping to help us feel better so we're not feeling shame for what we've done. Or maybe it's to kind of allow us to keep doing what we've been doing so we don't really have to turn away from that sin. But I want to first of all say when you are repenting, repentance is not just turning away from sin. It's turning to God who is inviting you and I to do life with him, to come up higher with him. We often think of God's correction and discipline as something that's horrific and scary and, oh, I I just messed up again. But really, correction is the sweet invite, the sweet embrace from God saying, come here, hon. Come here, daughter. Come here, son. I want to show you a better way. And that better way is in me and with me. And watch what happens. Please do this life with me. That's correction. See, true grace of God is an empowerment to not only rise above sin, but to rise up in him. See, Isaiah 60 says, arise, shine for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Do you remember that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Um, And then it, you know, it talks about hiding the light under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. But how often have we, knowing we're the light with Jesus being the source of that light, and we've hid under a bushel when it came to a hard situation where maybe someone insulted us. And instead of us doing what Jesus said to do, which was what happens to the person when they do something wrong to you or they do something bad to you? What does Jesus say? He says, I'm going to show you how to love your enemies. This is how Luke 6, 27. He says, love your enemies. This is how. Do good to those who hurt you. It doesn't say strike them back with everything you've got and make them pay because there's a reason. It's a multiple fold reason, but here's where I want to go with this. So often we have said, well, I don't want to be a doormat. 
or this is why the world is the way it is because no one did anything. We just let people slap us across the face over and over again. We kept giving him the other cheek. See, it's because we weren't doing it his way. Yeah, we were letting them keep doing it, but there was no purpose behind us giving them the other cheek. We only did it because that's what it said to do, not knowing the why behind it. When you know the why, there's so much power to it. The where you are not moved anymore by what they've done. You're no longer below that situation. You're now above it. So with that, here's what happens. When someone wrongs us, the first initial thing we want to do is what? We want to defend ourselves. That's just normal, right? But when we operate in God's love, something supernatural takes place to where it's almost like we enter into a different dimension. I know that sounds weird, but it's like we enter into another eternal realm, another like destiny, so to speak, when we do it God's way, where everything changes to glorify the Father, where the kingdom of heaven comes into the earth because we're doing it his way with such purpose. We're not letting people slap us across the cheek just to slap us across the cheek because Jesus said to do that. We're doing it because we're like, okay, I'm sowing this moment as a seed, Lord, to you because you're going to be able to do the things that I could never do on my own trying to defend myself. There's great purpose behind it. And then those who say, well, this is why the world is the way it is because no one did anything. No, here's the difference between not doing anything and doing it God's way. Not doing anything is truly not doing anything. So when someone says something to you and uh, it's insulting, you've heard maybe your mama say or your grandma say or your teacher say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem. We just didn't say anything at all. Instead, we we could have took taken that moment as an opportunity to be above and not beneath, not above them, but above the insult and say, you know what? I am so glad you just said that because you just reminded me of me needing to remember the truth of God. And the truth of God is this, that I am a daughter of the king. I am a son of the most high God. His blessing and his favor is upon my life. And he wants to put his blessing and favor on your life. That's how we speak back to those moments. We don't, it's not that we don't say anything at all. We find something to say that's life giving, that's abundant life, what I would call heavenly wit. We are opportunist in the spirit to do it God's way and watch everything change. So let's go back to the lie that says, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And let's confront it with truth through the word of God. See, when we do it this way, we not only start doing it God's way, but we want to do it God's way from a place of grateful heart because we're falling in love with him over and over and over again. So in Ephesians 2, 
This is what it says, starting in verse one, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that anyone can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So look at that. God never associates us with the struggle of the nature of this world. He does not call us a sinner because of our struggle with sin. Guess what he did instead? He said, you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from you. It is God's gift. It's not from works. And here's why. It's so that no one can boast about it. And this is what God calls us. He doesn't call us a sinner created to do bad works because God prepared ahead of time his heart to know that we would fail. That's not what it says. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So this is who you are as a son and a daughter. You are his workmanship. You are his workmanship created to do something created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So in him, we are not sinners. That is not our identity. Our identity is not in the struggle of this world. In Romans 3:23, it says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But nowhere does it say you are a sinner come short of the glory of God. It says, for we have all sinned. He separates the act from us as the person. So now we have this ability as he is the source of light, Jesus Christ himself, not the universe. The universe is so in fear of the Lord that it won't even try to take credit for anything that God has done as much as People worship the universe and say, oh, it was the universe that did that. The universe itself would be like, what are you doing? Do not give me praise for I myself cannot do anything but glorify the father. Don't rob him and don't put me in the mix. (laughs) 
I, you know, that's what I, it's almost like that's what I can hear the universe saying is don't give me credit for something that the creator himself created me to give him glory, to declare his glory. So kind of got off on a little rabbit trail there, but let's go back to this moment of this lie that now is being confronted with truth. We are simply God's masterpiece, his handiwork created, not just to be created, but created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So it is actually a part of us, a natural, supernatural ability to do good works in Christ. But yet we have said, well, I'm human. We all make mistakes. I'm not saying we don't make mistakes, but we are not our mistakes. Our mistakes are not our identity. And I believe I need to speak this right now that if you have struggled with alcohol, you are not an alcoholic. You are not, my name is, and I'm an alcoholic. No, my name is, I have struggled with alcohol, but I'm truly a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Let's not get it confused. You are not your struggle. Your struggle is about to struggle with Jesus. And it will not win. I actually wrote a part in that in my Heavenly Wit book. It is about time that we get with the truth of who God is because this world is counting on us to know truth, to shine so brightly that we stop falling for the lie over and over again. I'm like, oh, it's no big deal. I can go be my old self for the weekend. Stop. There are too many lives at stake. And that's not even why we should not do it. We should do it because we're so in love with Jesus that we have grateful heart that we just, we want to do it his way. We want to overcome evil by doing good. I have an idea for some people right now that they really want to make a difference in their school district. And right now the school boards are opening up the mics for you to have three minutes to speak what you want to speak. Why not take that three minutes with that mic, ask the Holy Spirit for a scripture to declare for three minutes straight, and guess what you end up doing? You end up putting the word of God back into the school system. (laughs) How cool is that? Now, they can't interrupt you. They have to let you speak for three minutes. So instead of just speaking mere words that are useless, that are temporal, speak the word of God that does not return void. It doesn't mean you're going to see results right away. But let me tell you, we have complained long enough that the word is not in the school system. We'll get the word in the school system by using your voice to declare the goodness of God. Declare the holiness of God. Like there's a song called the Revelation song that um, is very well known. And the one who really has coined that song is Carrie Job. Can you imagine reading these words for three minutes? Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. 
Worthy is a lamb who is slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. With all creation, I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything and I will adore you. Clothed in rainbows of living color, flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be to you, the only one who is King. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Filled with wonder, awestruck wonder, at the mention of your name, Jesus, your name is power, breath, and living water. Such a marvelous mystery. Can you imagine getting to declare those words for three minutes at a school board meeting? Because I let you have the mic. There's ways to get his word into the world for them to behold him. Not be turned off by him, but to be completely in awe because we are a peculiar people. Peculiar why? How did they allow that insult to be turned around to where they were so joyful and so kind? And the love of God is so beautiful. It's wise as a serpent, yet harmless as a dove. Wait, why were you just kind to me when I literally let you have it? Because I want you to have something different than what you have. I want you to have Jesus. You think that you came into my life to insult me. But Jesus brought me to your life so that I could woo you back to him. See, in God's love, we can't be offended anymore. In God's love, we begin to shine so brightly. In Isaiah 60, it says, when the world gets darker, we only get to shine brighter. It's an opportunity. See, opportunity and opposition are one and the same. But how are you going to look at opposition? Are you going to look at it and see what the enemy is doing? Or are you going to look at it and see what God is doing? That's the difference. It's all happening. Do you know the greatest rebuke to the enemy is your plain obedience, walking in his love. It's not about you saying, I rebuke you, enemy. Not even Michael the archangel did that. He says, the Lord rebuke you. Our greatest rebuke to the enemy is simply obeying God. And it's not obeying God despite the enemy. It's obeying God because we are so grateful for who God is. There's something that needs to be said here. Because spiritual warfare has been turned into a thing of glorifying the enemy without even realizing we're doing it. The opposition that we are experiencing is is not because of just who we are. It's because the target is God himself. 
And anything that is associated with God is under attack. Even the ones that don't know him, even the ones that don't know God are being attacked as well. And so sometimes what can happen is we feel like, well, because I'm doing it God's way, I'm being attacked. That's very, that's a very boastful way to look at it. But we must walk in humility, knowing that, wait, this is an opportunity to praise you, Father, right now. Even though everything in me wants to curse, God, I'm going to praise you because this is about you. This is about you being glorified because this moment in time shall pass, but you will not pass away. And so the one that does not pass away, I am going to praise. I am going to praise So on today's episode, I really want you and I to remember Psalm 34, 5. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces are never covered in shame. You have an amazing week. The Lord bless you and may you know how equipped you are in him to be the light that you are not a sinner saved by grace, but you are a, a beautiful handiwork and masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus for good works, for what God has prepared from long ago. The more we realize that our struggle is not who we are, as our our identity. Even our victories are not who we are. Even the greatest things that are going on in our life are not who we are. The greatest thing to know is we are sons and daughters of the most high God. And once we get that, everything changes. Our circumstances may not change, but the way we see them, we get to see them in the proper perspective because we see God in all of his glory. Thank you so much for joining me today on Heavenly Wit Monday via Let's Talk with Teresa Ann. If you like this episode and if it spoke to you, I would love your feedback. And what is God showing you? Would love to hear what God is showing you about what we talked about today. The Lord bless you as he does. The Lord keep you as he does. And may the circumstances of this life be told by the way you live that no matter what's going on, You will praise his name.